0: with sports car racing news and analysis from around the globe this is the double stint podcast here's john degeese and dan lloyd qualifying is now complete for the 87th annual 24 hours of Le Mans. This is Sports Car 365's double stint special um, daily podcast here at Circuit de la Sarthe. I'm John DeGeese joined by Daniel Lloyd following uh, a really frantic day of qualifying action I think. um, We saw quite a bit of improvements. Toyota on pole for the third consecutive year. This time it's Kamui Kobayashi taking back pole um, although not with a record-breaking run as we saw two years ago. His lap time of three 315-497 um, set the pace and uh, a lap set early in qualifying, two, But I think what we saw today was an ultra-competitive LMP1 battle, Dan. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, absolutely. It was really pleasing to see. We didn't
1: just see the Toyotas posting really competitive times. Um, Kobayashi felt he could have gone quicker, but nonetheless, the Toyotas still in the 315s. Um, but the LMP1 non-hybrids produced some really, really quick lap times. Uh, the SMP cars in particular impressed early on in Q3. Stoffel van Dorn went up to fourth position but Igor Rudchev went up to third. Um they, they were comfortably in the 3.16s uh, so not nipping at the heels of Toyota, Urejev ended up only missing out on pole by 0.6 seconds and when you compare that to what we had last year where Toyota had about 4 seconds on the non-hybrid field that is a really really impressive uh, cut back in the times uh, Rebellion ended up splitting the SMP car so we have got plenty of variation on the front two rows of the grid um, it's really shaping up to be a great first few laps at least of the
0: 24 hours of Le Mans. Absolutely and some engine issues for Rebellion today. We have to report both the number one and three um, didn't make it to the end of the day. Um, they were on, they had some undisclosed problems with the power plants there, but we understand they'll be replacing those. It was planned to be replaced before the race anyway, but something to keep an eye on, I think, as we head into race, because you never know in terms of reliability. But going back to Kamui Kobayashi's lap, he almost seemed a little bit disappointed in the pro- in the post-qualifying press conference, and here's what he had to say during during that little bit?
2: Actually, I was uh, quite disappointed because after two years, I expect, uh, I think, uh, due to the old car development stuff, we should improve. But uh, when I did my best lap, I say, still missing nearly one second, which is a bit hard. Yeah. So, kind of, I say, well, it did not this time. Probably, I think 2017 was pretty good in the track condition, the old situation was right. But uh, unfortunately, today I try, but it uh, wasn't enough today. But still, I think, great job from the team guys because uh, from uh, yesterday's accident uh, with Mike, Actually, we need to change the chassis overnight, so I think we just fix the car, everything, just before 5 minutes start the session of uh, Q2. So I think if we are like 10 minutes late, I, I could not achieve this lap time because of the traffic. So uh, definitely, I think that this, this job has happened all I think Team gukai did a really great job overnight. And I think it was hard job because they found out this morning, actually. So it was uh, quite luckily. I think we made uh, in time.
0: Well, interesting reaction from Kamui for sure. Toyota on pole again for the 24 hours of Le Mans. But this time now, let's look at LMP2. Tristan Gaumendi put Graf at the top of the time charts, leading a, a top six sweep of Orica Machinery. I guess that was probably to be expected, Dan. But then again, you know, we've seen some pace from United Autosports. We've seen some other cars show some strength as well. Was this was this a surprise by Gaumendi getting, getting pole? poll? Uh, no, it wasn't, because I think there you can probably pick
1: out about seven or eight Orica-backed crews cruise or, or cruise-running Orica chassis that, that have the chance of pole. Um, Gommendy, a, a well-known peddler around Le Mans, uh, this graph effort, while it probably doesn't strike out as one of the main efforts, that perhaps to an English-following audience, um, certainly to the French, this is one of their main uh, main bets in LMP2, and Gommendy uh, put that car up. He, he was about eighth or ninth, I think, going into Q3, and then right at the start of the session, benefit from the pretty much ideal track conditions uh, just after the Road to Le Mans race around Sunset and he posted that quick time. Um as you said, John, the, the Ligier's a bit further back. Uh, Felipe Albuquerque posting the best time in the 22 United Autosports Ligier. Um, don't count them out for the race. Certainly, the Ligiers are, are a reliable package. The Oricas have single lap pace, but I, I don't think we can count out cars that have the staying power that United has, has showed in recent years. I mean, they, they, they've been in the, the top four, top three before, so um, I think they'll, they'll still be able to go in with confidence. But yeah, really impressive lap from Gomendy. And that lineup of uh, Tristan Gomendy Jonathan Hershey, and Vincent Capillaire in the graph, number 39, Orica. I, I think could be a dark horse better winning the race. I mean, they might not be dark horses. Now they've got pole,
0: uh, but certainly, yeah, that's
1: a car to watch out for among the uh, the usual WEC runners.
0: Absolutely. And looking at GTE Pro, we have an Aston Martin on pole, and what a difference a year makes for this pro drive team after struggling with their um, new generation Vantage GTE here just 12 months ago. Um, former world champion Marco Sorensen puts it on pole. Um, some updated aero in, in the car. I know we've talked about that on Sports Car 365 in the past. Um, do you think that made the biggest difference, or what was your take on, on the Aston's um, quick quality run in Q3? Well, Aston Aston's attributed
1: its upturn in pace uh, partly to the new aero kit. It's gi- given it a lot more confidence, I think, in the high-speed corners, um, but also just general development of the car over the last year. Um, Aston knew it had a lot of work to do. I think Le Mans last year was a real eye-opener. Um, they were a long way off the pace in qualifying uh, in 2018 but they've really come back and the new Vantage package uh, really showing it's worth uh, Sorensen, we uh, we spoke to him afterwards we'll hear from him in just a second uh, he said he got a little bit of help around on his lap uh, aero-wise as well um, but hey, you'll, you'll take it any way it comes and, and he ended up posting a 348 flat in the 95 car um, just before qualifying I spoke to Porsche's GT Motorsports head uh, Pascal Zerlinden and he roughly predicted that um, all of the manufacturers would be around the 349 mark and it would take just one or two cars to go below that to really uh, set the order up front. Uh, And that's what happened. Sorensen, just a tenth ahead of Harry Tinknell, who was really pushing at the end of the session, couldn't quite get his 67 Ford onto the pole spot. Um, But Zerlander's predictions turned out to be true. Most of the cars were around that 349 marker. Five GT Pro manufacturers in the top five. Uh, Ferrari just down in seventh, so not far behind. Um, That's just what we want to see, isn't it? Perfect, really.
0: Yeah, and, and I think all of the cars were really competitive. I know we We had some concerns about BMW going going into the weekend. They had a few incidents over the session, but still showed some pace. Um, I think Risi Competizione was the only one that was sort of lacking the ultimate pace there, but we'll see what they do come race day finally in in GTE AM it's Porsche on pole with um, Dempsey Proton Racing's Matteo Cairoli um, leading a 1-2-3 sweep for the German manufacturer a complete opposite of what we saw a few weeks ago at the test day when it was a a Ferrari sweep was that surprising to you? Personally I I didn't expect Porsche to be so strong here so early in the weekend in GTE AM Well Porsche's been showing showing real strength
1: over the course of the weekend in AM Um, speaking to some of the Ferrari crews that I, I don't know if they thought they would have been able to catch them in the qualifying session that turned out to be true um, but yeah the two Dempsey Proton cars basically held a residency in the top two spots during qualifying and uh, Cairoli has become a bit of a Le Mans expert now that's I think, believe that's his second straight pole um, and and golf racing coming in third with uh, Thomas Prining uh, so three Porsche affiliated drivers Cairoli, Matt Campbell and Prining in the top three there um, whether or not that's down to machinery I don't know but those three guys have certainly been on form recently um, Ferrari up there as well though JMW Motorsport with that uh, brilliant yellow liv- camo liveried Ferrari 488 GTE coming in uh, in fourth position Keating Motorsports they were in ninth place in in GTE and with in that car's first appearance in the class um what do you what do you make of that John not not a bad performance
0: considering uh, where Keating thought the pace was earlier in the week absolutely I spoke to Ben earlier in the week before on-track activity started and he said they thought they had a three 356 in the car, and I think they got down to the 353 range. So that's quite an improvement for that car. Um, Still, you know, I don't think they're exactly where they want to be, but um, judging by where it is right now, I'd be kind of surprised to see if we would have a balance of performance adjustment. Um, Speaking to Mark Rushbrook, the global director of Ford Motorsports, earlier today, I asked him the question about BOP, and is that something he's monitoring, something he may be trying to propose to the ACO or show some data, and, and what whatnot and he said well let's wait and see what qualifying brings tonight and i think it showed a, a much more competitive run for the keating ford so looks like things are on a pretty even basis for quite the first time in quite a few years i'd have to say in g in the gte ranks you know usually this time this year we're talking about oh somebody's completely off the pace and look at the look at the pecking order and you know is there going to be a bop change before the race and if I had a guess right now I I don't I think we're in a pretty good shape I totally
1: agree with you there John I think the only the only case where you might see uh, that that sort of thing being asked for might be in AM. the the Aston Martins didn't have such a great session part of the reason might have been because the perhaps the the strongest car on qualifying pace that we've seen so far this season the 98 car had an offer Arnage Pedro Lamy uh, ended up taking a little trip through the gravel there which which can't have helped but but no as you said especially in pro but also throughout the whole of the GTE field Um, some really really close competition and and, uh, combine that with what we saw in in LMP1 with the narrowed gap and the as always ultra close competition in LMP2 I I think we can be really satisfied with what we saw and uh, certainly we can now look forward to uh, what should be a really
0: really exciting 24 hours of Le Mans. Well Dan you had the chance to speak to Marco Sorensen just after qualifying we'll have that interview next on Double Stint at Le Mans. Uh Hi, I'm Andy Prio, and you're listening to the Sports Car 365's Double Stink Podcast.
1: So we're here in the press conference room at Le Mans. Marco Sorensen has just set the pole position lap in GT Pro, and what what a contrast to last year, Marco Aston Martin Racing with the with the new Vantage coming up on top. Uh, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? You, you've alluded to the challenges over the course of the year. Um, what did it take for you to put that lap in and and put the gap on the other manufacturers? <laughs>
3: Well, As you said, yeah, it's been a long, long journey to this point. I would say because it's kind of, we of course started out really. It started out last year with not (laughs) the race we wanted, of course, but we've just been building momentum, as I, as I said. But in the other hand, like, like today where we have a some small, a small issue in the, in the Q2 it's like we're on it straight away and we fix it and I kind of knew that we had we had everything planned before the weekend coming here so we know what drivers are in the car and all this and Nikki had a go in in q, Q1 q and then it was planned for me to go out and even in Q2 to have a go but obviously I didn't get a go so I was like oh okay I didn't didn't really feel cool, fully warm to go out and just basically go in, a little bit into the unknown because you have low fuel uh, you've got Maximum grip from the tires, and everything is just like working. And you're like, oh, this is, you know, and you're driving, trying to get the car completed to the limit. Um, but I have to say, I kind of, you know, you go through it visually so many times before you could do it. And when I was done I also said uh, afterwards that I was like almost you can remember the lap but you kind of can't remember the lap so it's just you just do it so much on your your instincts when you go out and just have to do one lap and that's it's probably the nicest feeling uh, outside of of winning uh, a race of course but to to do that it's it's uh, it's amazing feeling because you don't really know and there's a lot of pressure if you you know you don't want to screw it up either so
1: and then I'm sure the feeling when the team told you the time was was pure elation. You said you got a bit of a help, helping hand from a, a BMW down one of the straights. There, just explain that and, and how that helped
3: you uh, get the lap time in the end. Well, it was not even one of the straights. It was basically all four. So he was on a, obviously a quality lap, a, a really good lap. So it just fitted uh, that I uh, I just caught his a little bit of his toe of, of basically all four straights because he finished just in or he finished the lap. Uh, Only a few, or I don't know how long you expected, and and that doesn't matter either, but and but it was just perfect so you're like you're in that state of mind and you're really like okay this is this is it because you have you have a toe you have completely clear lap you have no one behind and it's just okay go get it kind of thing
1: and you must be taking so much confidence into the race now how how are the guys feeling back at the camp what's the mood heading into race day do you think you could do it it's early days but
3: I think actually it started really early on, already from yesterday in Q1 we are like, whoa, okay, we're actually, we're really there, you know, uh, we're, we're putting everything into it and we went for it uh, fully and I don't think we believe we could get the uh, pole, pole position, but in the end we, we got it uh, with just a good execution I would and
1: just lastly how are you expecting the GTE Pro manufacturer fight to play out we've got five manufacturers in the top five on the grid it's shaping up to be a real epic I
3: definitely think that we're going to be under full full attack <laughs> uh, from behind uh, there's uh, yeah, all the other manufacturers are going to be right, right behind us uh, and I think this year's um, Le Mans is going to be one of those where you're like, they're not going to even have time to film film what's going up uh, up in front. They're just going to be there's going to be so much fighting in the GTE class. That's that's for
1: sure. We're all looking forward to it. Thank you, Marco. Get some rest and congratulations on that awesome pole up. Thank you very
3: much.
2: Hi, this is Renger van der Zande. You're listening to Sportscar 365 Double Stint Podcast.
0: Welcome back to Double Stint at Le Mans. Thanks to Marco for his time from following the post-qualifying press conference. Now to the news of the day. And I'd have to say, Dan, it was a bit of a, a newsy day. We had some, some headlines early in the morning, later in the day. Um, quite a few stories on sportscar365.com for sure. And I think the biggest breaking story was the situation at Crone with the number 99 Dempsey Proton entry ultimately being withdrawn. Um, we had reported yesterday of Tracy Krohn's accident. It looked like they were going to be going to a spare chassis built up. It looked like Tracy might be able to race, but ultimately he didn't get the the clearance of the the doctors uh, from the FIA to race. Yeah, it's a shame.
1: Uh, obviously, this is a record grid. Uh, it will be anyway, even even without the the Crone-backed Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche. But um, yeah, it was a real shame because uh, uh, that team's obviously put a lot of effort in to get that line-up in. Tracy Crone and Nick Johnson, obviously a, a formidable pairing at Le Mans. They've, they've been doing this um, for years and years, uh, and also for Pat Long as well, who, who I know made some pretty hasty travel arrangements to sort of uh, get to some of the administrative checks and other other things like that during the. Uh, early stages of race week, so, um, but uh, that just it shows you the unforgiving nature of Le Mans, really, doesn't it? Just just one small uh, moment can 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 end end the whole weekend for a team, um, so reliability of course during the race is going to be a big factor and 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 the teams will be sort of taking heed from from what went on in the practice and qualifying sessions a fair few incidents to be to be said over the course of uh, the the track activity so uh, yeah other teams will be taking care but it's it's just, it's just certainly a shame to lose a car uh,
0: even before the the trickle has flown yeah so a 61 car starting field for saturday's race we also saw a, a chassis change for the number uh, seven toyota um, tub replacement following um, Mike Conway's uh, collision earlier in in uh, in qualifying one on Wednesday. That was a bit of a surprise too, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, real surprise. Um, spoke to Pascal Vasselon during the day, and he was uh, he was. Very brutally honest, actually, about, about what happened there. Um, said it was a shared responsibility. Uh, Gonzalez in the Dragon Speed car, obviously, returned to the track unsafely. I think the video is sort of attests to that. But also, Conway was, uh, he said, Conway was going too quickly under wave yellows, uh, and therefore, the accident could have been avoided that way. It was a combination of factors. But uh, Vassalon said that uh, while Toyota managed to get the car back out later on in the session uh, they had a check early in the morning and they realised that there was a crack in, in the chassis and they thought why risk it? Let, let's just get it changed before the race and get that sorted but Vassilon sort of he seems to have put his foot down and uh, had a meeting with the drivers he said and, 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 and really sort of hammered hammered home the message that that's it you're not taking any risks um, he said something to the effect of we've consumed our Joker which uh, is quite a stark warning and uh, Toyota's obviously it, it knows the highest of the highs at Le Mans but it also knows the lowest of the lows and, and uh, Vassilon seems to certainly be keen to eradicate any any instances of uh, malfunction during the race. So, um, yeah, it that, that was certainly a, certainly a surprise to see that happening. Um, but, yeah, Toyota
0: fully focused on their reliability for the 24 hours. And while we still have a race to run on Saturday, there's a lot of news set to come tomorrow. Um, uh, the, during the ACO press conference, there's going to be some announcements. Um, we got a bit of a sneak peek with that by talking to some representatives today in the paddock, um, sniffing around for some stories. I think the biggest revelation that we came upon is that Multimatic appears to be set to be involved with the Aston Martin hypercar program, which will be announced tomorrow. Um, We don't have the full details. You can read the story on Sports Car 365. um, uh, That's online right now. But we understand that they're involved at least in a technical capacity, if not also in a race operations role. So that would be a massive step for for them. Um, A little more definition, at least, you know, into that program because it's been a bit you know, questionable, I'd say, in the last couple of months of whether it would happen or not. Um, ACO is depending on a second manufacturer to commit to the hypercar regulations. Now it looks like we're going to get that commitment tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and obviously with Multimatic, that's that's a really serious operation, and, and their involvement in the Ford GT and Mazda DPI projects attest to that, um, along with multiple other programs they've been involved in. Um, but yeah, I think the link really extends to Multimatic's involvement with the, the Valkyrie road car project, the the hypercar project that Aston Martin has been promoting for a little while now, um, that is being assembled or part of that. The the body of the car is being assembled in Multimatic's new facility in Brackley, big new facility. Uh, and obviously, well, for people who know UK geography, the Aston Martin headquarters are just across the motorway, really. So um, a very close link there already on the roadside. Uh, and so it seems, from from a, an
0: outside perspective, to make sense from a, a
1: sporting point of view as well.
0: announcements we can expect tomorrow is Toyota confirming their hypercar program. It's pretty much the biggest open secret in this paddock that we're going to see confirmation from them as well. Um, Also the entry list for the next WEC season, season 8 2019-2020. I think we're expecting an excess of 30 cars which will be a great thing to see. A few last minute entries. Um, Speaking to Larry Holt about that, we know we had some stories earlier in the week about Multimatic potentially trying to put together a Ford GT privateer program Program. Still nothing yet. There's, we don't expect to see a Ford on the entry list tomorrow, but he's still working on something. And he told me there's still a greater than 50% chance of potentially having a Ford for the full season, granted the ACO gives them an exception to the entry list afterwards. Yeah, wouldn't it be great to see a Ford GT cro- crop up on the uh, entry list when it's
1: released tomorrow? But uh, yeah, by by what, we, what we've what we understood based on talking to teams throughout the uh, the last few weeks and months and trying to get an idea of everyone's programs and where people are standing um, it, it seems to be a decent decent grid from what we've heard uh, I know you, you had a story earlier today John that Rebellion uh, is going to be back with two cars in the LMP1 class next season that's great news I, I think we sort of uh, it, it wasn't clear but I, I think we sort of thought it was going to be going to be happening um, and, and certainly it's great to have that reassurance in the top class that we can have these uh, two car teams committing to the
0: full season absolutely and finally we're going to get confirmation on what these new rules are actually going to be um, lots of talk through the last couple of months over you know dpi gte plus it's pretty clear that's going to be neither of those it will be some form of hypercar um, we've reported multiple times you know on, on what that could be um, i, I I think we're still waiting on some of the finer points, and, and hopefully the ACO will communicate that tomorrow. Um, looking forward to getting, you know, confirmation of what we'll be seeing in just over 14, 15 months from now at the start of the 2020-2021 season. Well, that's going to do it for us today here at Le Mans. Another long day circa de la um, heading into what will be a rest day for most competitors on Friday before the big race start on Saturday. But we still have a lot of action away from the track. There is a, um, a pit walk throughout the day as well as the parade in the afternoon. Always a fan favorite as well. So um, plenty to look forward to in the next 24 hours. For Dan Lloyd, I'm John DeGeese signing out from Le Mans.